Hello everyone, I'm Bella. And I'm Olivia. And we're prevention educators for New Directions, the Domestic Violence Shelter and Rape Crisis Center of Knox County, Ohio. You're listening to our podcast, Table Talks. We hope that listening to this podcast gives you an inside look into the world of domestic violence. Throughout this series, you will hear from individuals from all walks of life, from preventionists and advocates to survivors themselves and many other allies. Thank you for joining us and enjoy the podcast. Today we are joined with Julia Armstrong. She is one of our interns at New Directions and she also does art therapy with us and we've actually had the pleasure of partnering with her on multiple things so we're really excited to sit down and talk with her today. So Julia, if you don't mind, we'd love for you to introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, thank you. It's good to be here. Um, Like you said, my name is Julia. Um, I'm the evening advocate here and I also do my art therapy internship here. Awesome. Is there anything you want the listeners to know about you? Any fun facts? Fun or any? Facts. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> um, it's like always a hard question. It is. <laughs> it is. Why is this the hardest? I know. I don't know. <laughs> oh, fun facts. I have a dog and a cat. Oh, um, yeah. named Jack and Willie. Oh, that's cute. Love spending time with them. Yeah, Good stress cute. relief for me. German <laughs> In shepherd, addition right? to art making. Yeah, German Shepherd Beagle Mix. Oh, okay. How big? Uh, about 60 pounds or so. Oh, my God. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I was expecting it to be a lot smaller, yeah. if I'm being honest. All right, so we will jump right into the questions. So first of all, we want to get started with what exactly is art therapy? And then how have you kind of been able to tailor that to utilize it in the field of domestic violence? Uh, So art therapy is actually a lot like your regular mental health counseling. Um, It's just we use art as a means for expression and communication. Um, And in working with survivors of domestic violence, um, it's really more tailored towards trauma-informed care. Mm -hmm. Um, And so it's really focused on helping survivors process whatever it is they need to in a way that they can. Um, Okay. So traumatic memories are often stored as images and mm-hmm. not in words. So it can actually be harder for people to retell their stories in yeah. written or spoken language as opposed to images. Um, so it's just a way for them to express, you know, maybe what had happened to them or mm-hmm. how they're feeling in response to what happened to them um, or whatever else is on their minds. That's super interesting. Do you normally get, like, a really good response from the survivors that you serve? Um, usually. I think the best responses I usually get are uh, in response to the mindfulness-based practices that I do. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's more focused on, like, uh, being focused on the present, being grounded, mm. um, you know, getting in touch with your body, establishing that mind-body connection, uh, because a lot of times that can be disrupted in traumatic events, especially in domestic violence or Mm -hmm. sexual assault. Yeah. Um, So reestablishing that can be really helpful. That's awesome. Something you mentioned is Mm -hmm. being trauma-informed. So how do you remain trauma-informed when you're doing your art therapy? Oh, that's a great question. Um, I think one of the most important parts of being trauma-informed um, is empowering the clients um, to have control in the therapeutic relationship because in domestic violence or sexual assault, that control has been lost. Mm. And so giving that back to the clients is super important if you're going to get anywhere in therapy. 
Um, So letting them know that the space is theirs to tell what they want to and to share what they want to, uh, making sure they don't feel pressured into anything, Mm -hmm. um, really making sure that the treatment goals are theirs that they come up with and not mine and me saying, well, you need this, clearly. Mm -hmm. You know, it has to be their decision. Mm -hmm. It's really good that you're creating that environment, too, with our therapy to create that safe place. Mm -hmm. For sure. And I think it's so interesting because I know we've, like Olivia mentioned, partnered on certain things where, like, you brought Mm -hmm. art therapy kind of into the prevention realm. Yeah. But I think it's so interesting because we've actually never sat down and talked about what exactly art therapy looks like until now. So that's super cool. And I think sitting here, I'm looking back at things that we've done, whether that's in the classroom mm-hmm. or at Prevention in the Park, where I've seen you utilize a lot of the things that you're talking about. So well done. <laughs> Thank you. So are there any specific approaches that you utilize to get the most out of art therapy sessions? And if so, what are those approaches? Um, well, I think I alluded to this a little bit ago, um, but mindfulness-based approaches are really helpful for this population. Like mm-hmm. I said, you know, that whole grounding, being grounded in the present, a lot of times uh, when we've been through trauma, our minds and bodies can react to traumatic memories if it's still happening. Um, so making sure we're being grounded in what's happening in the here and now can kind of help prevent that. And art therapy is perfect for it because it's an inherently sensory experience. You know, Mm -hmm. you're touching the paintbrushes, you're molding the clay, you're, you know, doing whatever it is you're doing. Um, And it's engaging that mind-body relationship. So it's helping to prevent that re-traumatization. And I also mentioned, you know, empowering the clients that's rooted in more humanistic and Mm person-centered approaches, um, which is all about, you know, establishing that safe relationship with Mm -hmm. people, with your clients and, uh, really making sure that that power dynamic is in their favor and not in the therapist. Yeah. Um, fun fact, the person-centered approach is actually why we call our clients clients and not patients. Um, because in doctor-patient relationships, the power is automatically in the doctor's mm-hmm. position. Uh-huh. Um, you go to the doctor for the doctor to tell you what's wrong with you, and then he or she prescribes a solution, and you have to do what the doctor says. Um, but with a client relationship, the client is the one in charge, and the client is coming to you for services. Um, That's so interesting. It's like all the yeah. intricacies of like the different language used. Yeah, and I've never thought of that uh-uh. before. Neither have I. Yeah. That's super cool. So, with the different, because I know you had mentioned um, touching paintbrushes and like molding clay and things like that, so mm-hmm. do you kind of walk into a session with a predetermined um, activity or like medium that you're going to be using or is that kind of up to the client like how does that process usually go um both okay <laughs> uh so a lot of times I will have a plan especially for like the first few sessions um because there might be specific information that I want to get from clients um so like a good one I use towards the beginning might be um, an introduction collage okay. um so it's not super intimidating because you don't have to draw or paint or you know anything that's associated with skill because yeah. we don't want our clients to think my art has to be good and art therapy because that's not what it's about. Um, so it's a little more laid back. You're just cutting out pictures, not too intimidating. Um, and it's an indirect way for people to talk about themselves so that they're not feeling put on the spot mm-hmm. instead of talking about me and things I like or don't like about myself, I can talk about these pictures Mm -hmm. and what they mean to me and how they might 
uh, relate to me. Um, but yes, it's it's more indirect and not as intimidating. Um, okay. But at the same time, you know, the client might come in and they might want to draw or paint and they might mm -hmm. say yeah. that. And of course, I would be down for that. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. You know, so it's, again, it's about putting that power into the client's, you know, hands. Um, so yeah, it, it's kind of, it depends. Okay. And, you know, I might have like a directive in mind thinking, this client's been talking about this subject a lot. Mm -hmm. I bet this would be a good directive for them to do. Okay. Um, but then that day, maybe they talk about something completely different. Yeah. So then I got to throw that directive mm -hmm. out the window and think of something else on yeah. the spot. Um, okay. So it, it really just depends on the session. So you just got to kind of come ready for whatever. Yeah. You never know what you're walking into. Mm -hmm. <laughs> So Julia, where does your passion come from and where do you find it, especially when you're doing art therapy or just being within this field? Oh. Hmm. Um, well, I've always had a passion for art making um, because that's helped me a lot in my own personal life. Um, and so I think doing that with clients gives them a way to cope. Mm -hmm. um, and it's kind of like a way for me to share something that has been helpful in my own life with others in hopes that it will be helpful for them as well. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know what to say to that. I can see the passion in your eyes, though. <laughs> you're just sitting here, right. So it's see, cool. this is where art therapy becomes important because I feel like I could paint this better <laughs> than I could say it. <laughs> Words just don't do it justice. <laughs> hey, well, once we get off this, you'll have to show us how to do it. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think it's too in this type of work whether that's art therapy or you know like you'd mentioned you're also an advocate so like direct mm -hmm. service or mm -hmm. even prevention like you have to have a passion for it yeah. and so I think that's what's so cool about everybody here whether you're full-time staff part-time staff an intern or anybody it's like you it's you can see the passion mm -hmm. in everybody yeah. who does this work and I just think that's such a such a powerful and just really cool thing to be able to witness right because I think I everyone in direct services has probably said you know nobody comes to this field for no reason yeah like we're we're all here for our own reasons that's um, true yeah for sure so it shows. if somebody wanted to see your work because I know we've both seen it yeah and can see how talented you are um, is there any place that people listening would be able to go, like a social media or anything like that, to see the work that um, you do? I know maybe you can't oh. show the client's work, but... Oh, like artwork? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, so I have an Instagram page, uh, Armstrong 616 Last but not least, Julia, what advice would you give to someone who may also be a survivor of abuse? Oh, goodness. I need a minute to think about that. Asking these tough questions all the time. <laughs> yeah. Lives, aren't we? First the fun facts and now that's <laughs> helpful um, for some of my clients in our therapy sessions is that that act of creating something, um, that creating something new can give you such a sense of hope. Mm -hmm. um, and I would encourage survivors to do that in any way that they can. Because um, even doing little things like, you know, creating a little note card of a positive affirmation for yourself or you know mm -hmm. it doesn't have to be this big grand thing um but just 
participating in that process of creation can kind of help establish that sense of hope that Mm -hmm. things can change. Yeah. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. Well, we want to thank you for coming and talking with us today. Um, It's just super clear by just talking to you today and also the uh, various times we've been able to connect uh, in working together, just this love and passion you have for art and using Mm -hmm. art to help others around you. So we want to thank you for coming on here and kind of sharing what you do with us and everyone listening. But um, thank you all for tuning in and we will see you on our next Table Talk. See you later. Thanks for having me.